if I can prove to you with a free offer and then maybe a $7, those $7 buyers will turn into $2,000, $5,000 buyers if the product is good. Now, if you make it the quality of a shitty $7 product and pretend like it's not important or your free thing sucks, you've lost them forever. This is Digital Marketing. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you should be focused on to the kind of tactics and tools that are working today. Today, our guest is Ian Stanley, the founder of Almost Passive Income, and we're talking about uh, a new case study that you have where you get almost 80% conversion to cold traffic, which is incredible, almost yeah. unbelievable. So welcome, Ian. Yeah. Yeah, I had a hard time believing it myself. So I, I understand any people who might doubt uh, that that opt-in rate. So, well, let's um, talk about it. How did that happen? <laughs> uh, so I'd actually run this funnel. So uh, it's, a, it's called the six-hour email template. So it's basically a template that I give away for an opt-in. You send this six hours after people opt-in. Most people experience more sales, better deliverability. Um, and better engagement with their list. And so you just send it six hours after and essentially fill in the blanks. If you can, you know, fill out a mad lib. It's like, it actually takes, it's like one blank on this one in particular. So mm-hmm. it's where it takes people about one minute to implement. So I had run it maybe five years ago um, without not this high of an opt-in rate. I don't know what the opt-in rate even was. And I just tweaked some, I don't even know what the ads were before they weren't the same. So I ended up doing, Basically, I think the biggest things about it, why it works so well, so it's about 76 to 79% opt-in rate to cold traffic. And when I saw that, normally I'll like split test an opt-in page because it's the easiest thing to split test. And I'm like, there's literally no point. Like, what am I, what's going to happen? Am I going to get 82% (laughs) opt-ins? Like what it's like the chances are very slim and I don't want to, you know, risk messing it up anyways. Not that, you know, the split test would be like, what am I going to, how do I improve this? There are other things to improve, like the autoresponder, the follow-up or the funnel itself after. And so it's break-even pretty much right away as well on day zero mm-hmm. because the offers that are behind it. So I'll kind of take you through the funnel itself. So the biggest, the two biggest things I think are that the ad copy is very similar to the landing page copy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the landing page is one of the ugliest landing pages you'll ever see. It's truly hideous, which is kind of a theme of my business's pages. And the uglier I make stuff, the better it seems to work. Uh, I think partially because it doesn't look like everything else, um, but it's, I can even, I can even read the copy, but the, the headline is just a uh, little known six hour email that increases sales and deliverability. Um, and so the biggest thing is the, so the ad copy is incredibly similar to the landing page. So by the time you get to the landing page, you've kind of already decided like, yeah, this is, you know, something I'm interested in. Now we're testing a bunch of different ads as well. Now I just recorded like nine ads at Disney world. Um, lots of them under the influence of alcohol. And so, uh, my thing with ads, especially on Facebook versus an Instagram versus YouTube with YouTube, they have to typically we have some ads that have done really well that are just a uh, selfie video of me, hmm. but then our better ones have been more produced, um, which is only true. Well, really just for one main ad with Facebook and Instagram though, I can just pull out my phone vertical 
video and record them anywhere. So the I've in total previous to recording those ads, I put in about three minutes of time into into the ads. I did one in my car, I did one in my backyard, and maybe one other one. And I just to me, it's just the chaos factor of like the background. That's the biggest mm -hmm. thing I like to test in in ads, especially when you've already got something that's working. Is just test. You can test your clothing. You can test the background. To me, it's really more about background and the subconscious feeling people have mm -hmm. when they watch the video. Like, is there something interesting behind you or near you? If you're just driving or walking, I find those work really well because subconsciously there's some level of you that goes, I don't know what's going to happen. Mm. Even though it's probably nothing, but you could get into a car accident. You could run into a wall. Some random person could walk into the room. You never know. So when there's movement in the ad, I find that it works better because there's some level of us that goes, well, where's he going? What's showing up next? What's happening? Um, and so I did these at Disney World. So I happened, I went there and we were at Epcot and they have like 11 different countries within Epcot at Disney World. So there's China, there's Mexico, there's the UK, Canada, and there's all these just wild backgrounds of stuff that you can use. So I recorded some very similar sort of ads. I don't have any scripts or anything. I just know I'm just talking about this template um, in like one with, you know, background of a Chinese theater, one with like, you know, pagodas in Japan, another one in between rocks and a waterfall in Canada. And just these bizarre backgrounds of different sounds. One of them I'm whispering in a tunnel with like a, you know, a Mexican pyramid behind me and just nodding, but never talking about it. Uh, two of them I did in Star Wars land, one with like a Millennium Falcon behind me. And I did acknowledge that, but otherwise you just got these bizarre backgrounds. So I go, let's just, you just throw shit at the wall. See what, can I swear on here? Sorry. I don't oh, know yeah. if I can. That's all right. Well, bleep it. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, how often do I cuss on it? That's fine. Yeah. You're good. I do. I do my best. Actually, the more when people ask me not to swear, I go, okay, I'm definitely swearing today. How so, dare I'm you? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the ads have just been literally recorded to they both worked. And so now we've got this whole new pool of uh, what I just call chaos ads going. But the big thing, I think sort of the first thing, like I said, having ad copy that's similar. Now that doesn't always have to be the case because then that's kind of like a cheat code to say, oh, well, my opt-in rate is super high. Well, if it's not profitable. Oh, that's the other piece about this. The leads are 3 to $4. So we're spending $30 a lead on YouTube right now. And we're getting 3 to 4 not for the same funnel, for a different funnel, but we're getting 3 to $4 leads on Facebook, Instagram, which to me is like 2015 type of levels. Mm -hmm. of, so I'm like, holy shit, we can make this work no matter what. But part of the reason they're so cheap is because the opt-in rate so high, right? If it was a 25% opt rate, I'm paying $12 a lead. This funnel suddenly stops working mm. at that point. Um, so, but I, I've been, we just did this with our main funnel as well. We had like a more simple, and I know I'm just talking, so feel free to interrupt me at whatever point. No, but no, keep going. For our, for our main funnel for the 90 Days to Freedom program on YouTube, which is where we spent a lot of our money and most of our traffic, we... Um, we're getting like, it's like $30 leads and 25% opt-in rates. But we have like a, a short opt-in and it's like, you know, this simple, almost passive income business model feels a little more biz oppy, which I don't love, but uh, it's just a simpler, like really short form copy. And then I wrote one that's maybe 12, 15 paragraphs, mm. same opt-in. I couldn't believe it came in at the same opt-in rate, pretty much exactly the same, which was shocking, but a much higher quality 
opt-in as well. So that's the thing is people throw around conversion rates and percentages. And I used to have an employee who would always say, what's a good conversion rate? What's a good percent? And I'm like, there isn't. What's good is what makes money. Like, can I put in a dollar, get a dollar back on day zero, get $2 back on day seven or 14 or, or you know, and then $10 back over that year. So, but but I will say when you can, when your option rate is that high, it does make life very easy. And so the second thing I think that's super big about opt-ins, and this is where I think a lot of people really mess up. It's the same with like a product itself is the offer. Hmm. What are they opting in for? Like, are they opting in for a 14 minute video that they have to watch to implement a thing? Or are they opting in for a template that they can fill in the blanks in one minute and start sending it to their list and in six hours have results to look at? And then if they use it, they're going to make more money. Then they're going to go, okay, I'm going to give this guy money now because I trust him. And then what's cool is our front end offer is a $7 template for a welcome email. So mm-hmm. you know, the big, the most important email is always the welcome email because if you mess that up, you've basically lost them forever. It's like a mm-hmm. first impression where the first thing you say to somebody is like, you know, well, you could open up with, you know, something real fun, like talking about vaccines, make it real non-controversial. <laughs> Um, or, you know, you just open up some <laughs> horrible thing and be like, Mother Teresa was a bitch. And they're like, okay, well, that's going to cloud this whole, you know, conversation that we have. So I have a template for a welcome email that's fill in the blanks at seven bucks with a bump off it. And then we actually get like a 20% to 25% take rate on my $47 a month templates of the month club, email templates mm-hmm. of the month club. So we're putting people into continuity uh, as well that are like real continuity, not like forced, weird, fake, you know, negative uh, checkbox type of stuff. I hate to interrupt our podcast, but I have an announcement about Digital Marketers content certification. Content without a content marketing strategy is an expensive mistake, but it's one that most businesses are making. When it comes to content marketing, all content should be created with a clear purpose to move a customer or potential customer along the customer value journey. That's why you need Digital Marketers Content Mastery Certification. You'll learn how to leverage a complete content system to strategize, create, and distribute content that just plain works. When you become a certified content marketing strategist, you'll master the craft of systematically creating and promoting content that drives noticeable revenue for any business, and you'll get a badge to prove it. Learn more right now at digitalmarketer.com slash contentcert. So um, it's the congruence is also, I think, incredibly important. So is the office something that they can opt in for and use and they really want where you go, yeah, I'm going to give you my email for that. I also always do this. I, I put into my, onto my landing page itself because I don't see people do this. And I've noticed a big difference in the quality of leads I get. For YouTube, we'll only get for certain segments like 40% opens on the welcome email up to sometimes 15 emails what I'm best at. So like, that's not what I want, um, which effectively means we're not paying 30 bucks a lead. Say it's 50% that ever open. I'm paying $60 for an opt-in on YouTube. Mm. That's not with a phone number or anything. And then on this 80% and getting 80% opens on that welcome email. And I say, and I go, please put in your best email. I will be sending your template directly to your inbox. Because so many people will put in a shitty email just to get the thing, but the thing's not on the next page, the thing's in their inbox. And so that way I actually get it. And then I show them the six hour email template in action in their inbox as well. So there's some inception. 
And I always like to give a caveat that like anytime you're teaching email to people who are reading emails about emails, you have an advantage and it's cheating. So like I've had real businesses my whole life as well. I think it's important that so many of the coaches and like copy people, like all they do is teach copy or email. And it's like, yeah, well, people will read my emails literally just to see what I'm doing. Even if it wasn't working because I'm an expert and I'm one of the main email guys, they read that just because that's kind of cheating. So it's like, yeah, there's some level of that. So I'm not saying these conversion rates are going to be normal, but getting $4 leads and 80% opt-ins is great either way. But the fact that they're then turning into, uh, you know, buyers is the biggest part, most important part. But again, it's super congruent. So if you're opting in for a template and my first offer was, you know, a $200 course about email copy, that's not going to work as well as a template to a template to an upsell with more templates to then selling templates in the email and then going into the copy courses and the the higher end stuff and things like that. Because if whatever people opt in for is what they tend to buy as well. So like I just did a huge promo to a guy's list who we had spent $80,000 to do a drop to his list. It was a two week drop first week. I mean, to the point where it's like, this is, we're going to have to like hurt this guy. Like this is, we've made, we've made $4,000 at this point. And I'm like, this is to our normal high ticket phone sales funnel. And I'm like, this is, I mean, truly awful. And, but all of his people opt in for webinars and I go, mm-hmm. and I, I know this to be the case, but I was like, let's see how next week goes when we do the webinar and we end up doing, you know, 80 grand. Right. And it's people, whatever they opt in for is how they tend to buy and so same with like your YouTube buyers want videos because they're on YouTube and they watch videos and watch they do videos. well with long form webinars and videos. Right. And so if you, if you have a bunch of documentary opt-ins, they're going to buy more documentaries. If they opt in for templates, they'll buy more templates. If they opt in for a webinar, they may never do a phone funnel, you know, what I mean? matching the medium to the message and then finding the ways that they'll actually buy um, but I think just the the congruence alone is the biggest piece in creating an offer that people go, oh, my opt-in rate sucks. My, maybe it's my copy. And I go, no, I just don't want the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Thing if you tell the thing. Sucks. And, and that's it. So many people think people want a long video. It's same with courses. They've, I've got 68 days of you know training in my course. And I go, could you do it in six hours? Or better yet, 60 minutes. Can I learn all that? Like, I don't want more. I want just what the I the good stuff and so people go i've got three hour a three hour video to opt in for because you think oh it's more value but the person on the other side goes i don't trust you yet mm-hmm. give well, me something I, to win with and then i'll trust you and then i'll give you more money well and, and really just the audience too because there's some people you know who don't want that much stuff like well it's even like when you browse on youtube like i'll see videos and i'm like oh that's an interesting topic but then i'm like oh it's a 30 minute video Okay, no, I don't. I don't care that it's an interesting topic because that doesn't fit uh, my expectations right. for the the content. But exactly. what what you, what you said is huge. I mean, it's it sounds obvious. Like obviously, if they're on YouTube and they clicked your YouTube ad, they like video. But I think as marketers, we're also kind of like, well, I'm going to convince them that they need to do this other yeah. thing. Why? I mean, not. <laughs> People have a they have a thing they like to consume and ways that they interact like that's i think the two best types of email subscribers you can ever get the first one is always going to be from someone else's list no leads will ever outperform 
emails from someone else's mm. list. And that's for a few reasons. One, the obvious one for people is that it's maybe the second party credibility, right? If, you know, if Russell Brunson sends people to my list and they go, oh, and they like Russell and now they're going to trust me because Russell says I'm legit, right? But the reality is it's more that those people are proven to open, click and, and act from emails. And so what I've seen for myself and for my consulting clients is like three to four times the lifetime value of a lead that comes from someone's list versus from somebody's from cold traffic on YouTube or Facebook or anything. And, and a lot of it's just because those people, just because you're on Instagram or YouTube, you may not like reading. You may not like engaging with email. And so no matter how good your emails are, they're just, they don't care because it's not their chosen medium. Whereas mm -hmm. if they've already opened an email from someone else, read enough to go to an opt-in page to then opt in, I'll find that same opt-in page that gets 25% of cold traffic gets 66% to 75% to other people's lists. And we're paying 30 bucks a lead on there. And I'll go pay people just $10 a lead to their list, which is still super high for somebody with a list to get paid 10 bucks a lead. But it's a third of what we're paying higher quality people. Mm. And so it's it's that. And then the other one is uh, blog people. And I've never done much blogging, which is stupid because I've written, you know, 3,000 emails and never put them on a blog, but blog people are proven to read. So if you have people who read, like that's why like Sam Parr and these people who built these big lists from blogs have super valuable lists because these people might read one to 2,000 word blog posts and then opt in. Well, that's a much better email subscriber typically than somebody who watches hour long videos who maybe mm. hates reading. Right. And so it's this whole like where you get the traffic is such a huge part of how they're actually going to pan out versus so many people think of it just as like, oh yeah, the opt-in rate, or they came from here, whatever it is. It's like, well, match your form of teaching to their form of consuming. Mm. Yeah. Well, and again, it, it sounds super obvious when you just say it, you know, like, right. yeah, of course yeah. a person who likes video is not going to like uh, a 2000 word landing page that requires them to read a bunch because obviously they didn't connect with that. Uh, if somebody's new to the process, though, like let's say they're a business, they just got set up, they have their, you know, uh, kind of conversion product that they're thinking of. Um, do you guys have a method for determining like, okay, your audience is video or your audience is webinar or your audience is blog? Um, I think it, I think it depends on how you decide you're going to sell, you know, I mean, like, if you've, if you are going to use like a long webinar, then I'd say YouTube is probably going to be the best place to run ads just because those people are proven. The thing about YouTube versus like Instagram and Facebook, and I've found, and I know a lot of my buddies right now is just at an event with a bunch of people who do a lot of high ticket, like long form BSL to book call. And uh, Facebook's a lot better right now than YouTube for a lot of people. YouTube's still really good for us, but I've found YouTube requires somebody on camera who's very good, typically better production, depending sometimes the lower production works best, but you kind of have to have somebody with some level of charisma or ability to be on camera. Your script has to be, if you're going to use a script, it has to be good. Your It's all about the creative on YouTube. So if your video mm -hmm. ad is not good enough, it literally doesn't matter if you have the best funnel ever, if people are not getting through your ad, you're not going to win and you're competing with people who are paying, who are typically selling five, that like you can't really sell 
free plus shipping books and, and low ticket stuff on YouTube. Um, so you're competing with people who might be selling a five to $10,000 product, maybe even more. So you have to outsell them. If you're selling a 2K, 3K product, you have to outsell them by like, you have to convert like two to three times higher than them to compete with what they're willing to pay. And so it's, I, I'd say YouTube is a place for like advanced people that can create really good video ads. Um, unless you don't want to scale up too high, then you can, you know, do well. And they've just changed their whole algorithm with like the keyword placements and a bunch of things that aren't there anymore that were kind of the easier places to go and make money. Instagram, Facebook, or Meta, whatever, seems to be a better place right now for ads. And they've they've loosened up a lot. I, I can't believe I'm saying that after they banned me for literally no I run like the most white hat marketing stuff possible. I still don't know if they banned us because that my business is called almost passive income. Mm. literally makes fun of passive income and yet they may have it may have been that or because we were giving money to charity we had a one dollar funnel that we gave the dollar to charity and they may have just gone well, we don't know if you're doing that so screw you so they just banned you know you just and they, you're just gone spending you know yeah. thousands and, it, and then you're not but now they seem to have loosened up because their business isn't doing that well so they were like hey advertisers we'll go take ahead your money and say stuff again <laughs> we want your money again so I think, you know, the biggest thing is finding more important than any of the copy on your page, than any of your ads or anything is, do you have something people really want to mm. opt in for it? And if you do, and then is the thing they opted in for any fucking good? Because if it's good, they will buy forever. And I tell people in my ads, even I'll go, like, I'm giving you this for free because my goal is you use this, you make money. And then you go, I'm going to give him money. Like, I'm not doing this because I'm just a good person. I'm doing it because if I can prove to you with a free offer and then maybe a $7, those $7 buyers will turn into $2,000, $5,000 buyers if the product is good. Now, if you make it the quality of a shitty $7 product and pretend like it's not important or your free thing sucks, you've lost them forever. It doesn't matter your opt-in rate. So like actually create something disproportionately valuable compared to what you're giving. And like Neil Patel uh, spoke at the event we're just at, and he was talking about softwares and um, giving away a free tool. And he's like, the whole thing is it has to be a tool that people would actually pay for, but you're giving it away for free. And he's getting, you know, thousands of leads a day for free, thousands, because the software, now, of course, you know, he's like telling people to go do this. And he's like, well, we yeah. have to do it. It's so easy. Take a million into... <laughs> into this company software that already existed. And you're like, oh, that's it. You just have, so just to, as long as you have an extra 1.6 million, not including the dev costs that you went into after, but the concept still is sound, which is, can you create a thing that they would pay for, but mm. give it to them for free? That's kind of the difference. Everybody's free shit sucks. Yeah. And they think that they're going to opt in. And the funny thing is, this is kind of like older school, like, you know, straight up opt in for a free thing, but it's working really well at this point but i think again it comes down to it's like none of these things ever die like free ebooks aren't dead it's just as the ebook suck yeah like if an ebook is really interesting on a topic people are currently interested in and then they download it and go holy shit this is a really good ebook i'm going to go share it then it works it works just like it did in 2010 but it doesn't work back then the difference was you could have a garbage ebook and people thought oh my god i'm getting a free book this is so yes. cool and it works. So you just have to be better now. You know, that's the difference. 
No, and I think that that's a, a really easy point to miss, especially when you get into marketing, because I think the process of, say, making an ebook or setting up a landing page or getting your first ad up is so daunting that when it doesn't work, you're like, well, I did all the work instead of what actually happened, which was you did all the work once. <laughs> and there's right. people on here. <laughs> and you made something nobody cared about. Yeah. I, well, and you don't even know what people fault. care about. <laughs> That's yeah. your, it's like for me when I'm speaking on stage of people, I always do this thing where I say, put your phones away, put your computers away. If after five minutes I haven't engaged you and you're not entertained and have fun, pull out your computers and your shit, mm-hmm. I haven't done my job. And if they've got, if I've got five minutes to win over a crowd and they don't, they would rather look at their computer than listen to me. That is not their fault. That is my fault. I'm being a bad speaker and I'm not entertaining enough. And it doesn't happen because I'm like, I know my five minutes are going to fucking win them over. And so, but most people don't do, they're also too scared to tell people that and like to put that, but it's disrespectful to me. If you're going to be on your computer, you should go outside. I don't need you in here. But, but if I'm literally doing a bad job, then they should pull out their computer. Like I have failed. It's that personal responsibility piece of it going, well, people won't update. It's probably the traffic. It's probably this. It's, it's probably that your thing sucks. It's like what I didn't want to acknowledge with YouTube. I was like, well, my content you know, goes viral on Facebook and Instagram, so it should work on YouTube and I should just be able to repost it there and have a million subscribers. And then Mr. Beast and then we're like, well, it's just your content. It probably isn't good enough. And you're like, yeah, that can't be it though. And it's like, <laughs> well, maybe that, maybe it's because YouTube's platform is, you know, completely different, different. and requires a certain level of, you know, skill and, or not even skill, but like editing really. And you go, I don't want to edit. Well, then you don't deserve to win. There you go. Yeah. You just because answered your own <laughs> yeah. your own question. You didn't try very hard and it didn't work. And that's that's the answer right there. And then yeah. you try again and you know, and, and people want to know. I mean, it, it's just like anything. They just want the solution. And like you were saying about, you know, you got to get it. It has to be so valuable that people could win with just that. And, and then they'll ascend to whatever you want them to do. But at the end of the day, if you can't even get them to do that, then of course your thing isn't working because the first step is broken. Yeah. And that's the most important step. Like that's the highest leverage point that you have. And if you mess that part up, then you're done. Yeah. No, well, this is, uh, I mean, this is huge tips and, and again, they, they do sound like, Oh, well, of course you should do the media that your target marketing is consuming, but it's still an easy point to miss. Yeah. And I know it's, yeah, it can be, it can seem basic, but it's, it's like, I think it's George St. Pierre. So it's like, there's fundamentals and advanced fundamentals. Like there's nothing like every time I try to do something beyond the fanciness of like, just what works, I tend to pay the price. Like if I don't have a price anchor in a presentation I'm doing, because I'm like, they know the value. They don't need me to set this up. I pay the price because I got lazy. Like, at least have the fundamentals in place before you start doing the crazy stuff and start doing all the fancy crazy shit. But so many people miss just the the basic thing of like, yeah, maybe your copy is really good, but your idea sucks. And maybe, you know, if maybe your offers, but even with like a free opt-in, if your offer, if the, if the thing you're giving away is good enough, your copy can be mediocre. Cause they'll skip it. They'll just be like, I want the thing that he said he was giving away. This, mm. you know, magical, you know, chat GPT prompt is probably 98% of ads right now is people talking about AI, but you know, something like that. It's like, if, if people want it enough, 
they'll skip your copy just to get the thing. Oh, that's a huge point too. Cause I think, you know, as a copywriter, you usually want to be like, no, every line has to be perfect. I want this line to lead into this line and so on and so forth. But you're probably right. There's a, there's a enormous percentage of people that will just skip and be like, no, the, the offer's great. I just came here to yeah. download it and give you my email. And that's the end of the story. Well, even in the first line, you go, oh, send this email six hours after people opt in and make more sales. Okay, I don't, you may not need, I'll just give me the email. Let me test it and then I'll test it. And then if it works, then I can go, great. Now this guy is legit and now I'll read his stuff. Yeah, a huge qualifier. And then now you just pass the test and now you can sell them whatever you want because you already right. helped them make money. So. No, I love it. And, and that's, well, and, and the stuff you, you were talking about, kind of how your video style is more like selfie videos and, uh, you know, making the background interesting, but all those are, are kind of consistent brand components that your target audience obviously resonates with. And so it's become an expectation. So if you did do, say, instead of the selfie video, you did like a high-end produced with actors in a studio and all the stuff, it probably wouldn't work at all just because you've already built it up. It might well with Facebook it ads. We hadn't run ads in like four years, so there was no expectation wow. for this. It was just uh, we've been running on YouTube for the past like three or four years, and so uh, to me, it's more people overthink the ads. Like also the way that you now one of the best things you can do is just take the thing you've recorded, go to Fiverr, find five different actors to go and record the same exact thing as you. Mm. Uh, I haven't done this yet because I'm the sort of you know, I'm the face of the brand. We've had other people in my business do it. It's not worked very well. It's a bad on camera. Um, but my buddy's doing a lot of this. And and what you don't know is like, first off, I, this is going to be some controversial shit in 2023, but I don't care. Is if you have a hot girl on a video, people watch. I don't care. It doesn't. And, and you know, yes, I'm uh, talking about a gender um, I know that's offensive to some, but I, it's, it's the reality and the way people look affects their reaction to you. If you're white, you have a high likelihood of white people watching your stuff. If you're of a different race, people of that race will identify with you and watch that. And so if you go and you take your same script and you have five different people of five different ethnicities and genders go and record these ads, you may find that this one chick or this one dude outperforms you by six times. And now you don't have to record the ads anymore. But to me, ads, especially, like I said, on, on Meta's platform is about chaos and testing. Mm. And it's not, you don't, you just don't know what ads going to work. You also don't know if your energy was a little different in this one. You said one little word in this one, the background had this weird thing that you didn't notice. You had like, I had a buddy who had 36 million views on TikTok on one video and one of the, re it was like this dinosaur toy you put in and it's supposed to expand. But part of it was because he put it near an outlet outside and everybody was freaking out that it was going to blow up, like he was going to get electrocuted. So you like, that's the chaos you can't plan for is who walks into the background? What, what is behind you? And so I think people just overthink the ads. Like Alaric Heck does really well with YouTube ads and he does Facebook ads too. And part of, and he's a buddy of mine, so I can say this, but he looks like a nerd. And he's sent and, and he's wearing his, you know, flannel and he's got his glasses. And I go, I want him to talk to me about algorithms, right? Like yeah. that's the reality. People are making all these snap, you know, subconscious decisions that would be politically incorrect, but that they can't help because it's human nature. So the more you test and the more chaos you throw at it, the more likely you are to like, you only need one ad to hit. 
So if you record 15 ads and 14 of them just don't work, but one of them works, especially YouTube, they can run for like three years. Facebook, they can run maybe eight weeks to 12 weeks and how much, like how many ads you have in the same ad set, but you just don't know which one's going to work. So don't assume anything, just go record chaos, throw random shit at the wall. And some of those ads are going to outperform by a factor of like two to five X the other ones and don't overthink it. Like that's the biggest thing. Like I have a buddy, he just, every time he goes to a new place, he just records like three ads when he gets there, just pulls open his phone, records them. Cause you just don't know. And it's new ad creative and people may have seen your ad. I've seen my own ad like 25 times just pop up and I skip my own ad. You know, it's not that I, I don't want to watch me anyways, <laughs> but it's like, I've seen me in my truck and me in my backyard like 20 times. So if suddenly there's just a different thing. You may have seen it, but now you go, Oh, that's, different therefore i'm gonna click this time yeah no uh, i love the the chaos approach you know if, if that's what you want to call it because that sounds awesome uh <laughs> that works though because you do you, you know I, I hate to say that the the pc police you know will get on your case if you call it anything else because if you really take all those kind of cultural norms that we've all created and be like this is reality where most of the time it's not and all of our standard yeah. human tendencies have stayed the same for the most there, part they, yeah no matter what people are saying what they're thinking underneath before they even have conscious thought is but it's like the second you meet a person you have formed all the i like or dislike this person immediately it doesn't mean that you're a good person or a bad person because of that you can't help it yeah it's, what it's your you experience it's why you can there's one ad and you i don't know why i watched that one it's because you like the person in it and there's the, that same ad could be recorded by somebody wearing a fucking beanie in the summer with their ears showing and i go i don't i don't trust you i don't like you go drink your your coffee in portland i don't <laughs> trust why why do you have a beanie on in the summer and why what are you doing and and you have all these snap well that's obviously a thought out you know decision of what i don't like but it's like those things affect things you know the subconscious little snap reactions to people's appearances are real that's just how we are yeah, well, and and the, your expectations are not reality either, because things that you think will work, especially as a marketer or copywriter, whatever you are, will never work the way you think they will, or as good as you think they will. Because I've, you know, I've been doing content for twenty years, and I've never made a piece and been like, "This piece, I love this piece. Everybody will love this piece." And then to have the piece do well at all, it's always yeah, sometimes so the one you know, this was garbage this sucked and then it crushes and then you're like this is going to change the world crickets like, then you try to do it again and then yeah. it fails <laughs> yep uh but no i i think that that approach is awesome and just uh, you know getting rid of your expectations i think that's a really good piece of advice because if you set these expectations then on top of the fact that they probably won't work uh now you've wasted a bunch of time uh, you've injected your ego into uh, a business process that can't have it because that screws everything up and it won't be repeatable because you don't know what worked in the first place. So right. I, I, I love chaos approach makes a ton of sense to me and, and figuring your crap out and doing the work, you know, at the end of the day, well, testing yes. people vote with their wallets. That's the biggest thing. That's the beauty of what we do. And so you could be like, well, I really like this ad. And you're like, well, they didn't buy anything. What? So it doesn't matter what you <laughs> Like they will tell you it's, it's like math. It's just uh it's not like your English teachers. Like I didn't like the words you used here. It's like, well, did you get the right answer? And the right answer was more money coming out of the thing that you put in. 
So let that be the dictator. And that's why testing is so important is just, you don't know. You don't know what's going to work. Only the people who are paying you will tell you what works, but they'll only tell you if you test stuff and you don't, you know, you're not too afraid to do stuff. Yep. Now, so I, I think doing the approach of just try everything uh, and then build, you know, your actual scalable actions off of the stuff that works is a timeless business tip that still works today, even with all our numbers. Yeah. Simple. Well, thank you so much, Stanley, or Stanley, uh, Ian. Uh, I really appreciate your time. I pulled up your name and that's the first time I saw. Uh, I was uh, wondering where people can get the that download sheet or just see the the case study page that we've talked about. The yeah, whole time. yeah. So it's actually at, people have to type, uh, but it's, let me make sure this right. It's standupconversions.com slash six dash hour dash email. So very easy uh, domain there. I should probably buy like <laughs> we'll put it in the description. .com. <laughs> I'll put it in the chat here for you as well, just so you can have it for later. But yeah, that's uh you can opt in there to see the funnel. That'll put you on my list and everything too for all the stuff I teach and that. But that's the uh that's the ugly, the ugliest funnel you'll see. Love it. Yeah. Well, I, I like that too, because it's, you know, it just like anybody else, you're like, well, it needs to look perfect and it has to be the right colors and it has to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm a designer. So that's usually yeah. what I default to versus no, is this something valuable? Pretty, uh, yeah. <laughs> Especially if it just, if it just doesn't look like the other stuff, it tends to work. Like the more it looks like every other page, I find the more that people go, oh, this is just another thing I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want, you can't be normal, As if, especially now, because we have, you know, there's a lot of competition out there and now everybody has awesome tools like AI that could create as much stuff as anybody wants for practically right. free. So right. now now I think the time more than ever is to, to figure out everything that you've talked about and, you know, just get serious about it. Yeah, yeah, it'd be different. I actually have a book coming out hopefully next month that I finished called How to Not Be a Boring Piece of Shit um that's that's all all about that about how it's better to be different than it is to be better and it's also easier to be different than it is to be better so that's i stand by that in a big way man i love that well we'll have to have you back on the show to talk about the book once it's out yeah i love that yeah it should be ready I, i personally i've been working on my like oh what's my purpose in life and i was like you know what boring things suck (laughs) like being boring is the worst thing you can be so It's not fun for anyone. You could be rich and boring. What's the point? Like, why'd you get rich? To be bored? Yeah, to to hang out. Well, I mean, some people are just, that's some people's personality, though. I mean, that's uh, changed. And that's, you know, that's why they need my book more than anyone. Exactly. How to not be boring. But no, it's going to be people like me that read it. Just to to throw your expectations aside like we were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's my hope. I hope everybody reads it. You know, it's a people need it. We need less boring people in this world. Love it. Good message. Uh, fantastic lesson today. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, no worries. Cool, man. Appreciate it. All right. And thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. And please share this with that friend who's clueless about digital marketing. Plus, don't forget our courses, certifications, and training programs at digitalmarket.com. And we thank you for listening. This is Digital Marketing. Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. 
I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over 100 different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.